Well, good morning. You know, uh, today is the 10th anniversary of 9-11. It's, uh, they've actually given this day a title. It's called Patriot's Day as well. It's a day where they looked back and we reflect upon some of what went on um, 10 years ago now and the impact that it's had on our nation. And so I just wanted to take a moment here at the front end of the service to do a little bit of recognition, okay? So for those who have served in uh, the fire department, the police department, in the military in any way, past or current, could you just stand right now? If you've served in any of those departments, go ahead and stand. All right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you guys sat too fast. We've got more. So uh, let me do this. Go ahead. You guys stand again. But families as well now. Whoever has family that has served in that way, shape, or form, go ahead and stand with them. All right? If you're a family with anybody who served in the fire department, the police department, or the military, okay? You can see how much it begins to impact, right? Just more and more and more. Now do this for me. Let's just have everybody stand. And we're just going to take a moment here. First, um, just take some time of silence. We're just going to take like 30 seconds here to just reflect in honor, in memory. You may have friends or family that were lost in the 9-11 tragedy, maybe just serving in these different ways, shapes, and forms, just to take a moment to reflect on, to remember them, just a chance to honor them in this time of quiet, okay? Let's just take 20 or 30 seconds now for that. It's great to honor and it's it's great to remember, but we have a great God. So let me just uh, go to the Lord in prayer right here now. Father God, we worship you. Lord, you are truly almighty, sovereign, all-powerful. We trust in you. We lean on you. Lord, we thank you that you come into our lives, that you provide for us. Nothing touches us that doesn't first go through your hands. Lord, we worship you. And Father, I just pray now that we could be forever thankful to you for a place that we have where we can come freely together to lift up your name, to celebrate you, and we have absolute freedom in doing it. Lord, we are amazed at what you offer us. Thank you for all those who sacrifice, for all those who grasp what it means to serve you and what it means to serve their country. And Lord, we thank you for what we have because of that. Father, we just pray that as we go forward, we wouldn't just pray, just keep us soft, keep us comfortable, but keep our eyes focused on you. May you be the center of our hope as we go forward. We lift you up. We praise your name. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. It's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, it's... uh, 
It turned out it was a, a, a lining up of things. I sit down over the summer to do the preaching calendar. Many of you know that. I take part of the summer, four weeks off or so, to just set up what we're going to be preaching on over the course of the year. And, and uh, as it turns out, right, which means God knew what he was doing, and I had no clue what was going on, right? So things just laid out as we started to select when we were going to start the ministry year, and, and this ends up being, you know, the 9-11 Sunday, and it's also the Sunday that we're on a passage that's about loving others. And so when you look at the passage of scripture we're going to be in, and you start talking about authentic community, that's the series we're in, authentic community, what does it mean to have life and relationship together that is somehow God-ordained in the midst of it? So not fake community, not we're trying to muscle up a community, not a bunch of humanism in the community, but an absolutely divine inspirational, authentic community, what does that look like? Well, one of the things we run into is it looks like people loving people. That's probably the one we think of first and foremost, actually. When you say the word community, you often think of, well, first you think of food, right? And then we think of friends and and laughing together and caring for each other and the loving one another. And so as we start out today and we start out talking about loving one another, I wanted to make sure we took some time to honor, to remember, to thank God. Like I'm telling you, that's a big part of authentic community that we rally around that. Now, as we look at 1 John chapter 2 today, verses 7 to 14, we're actually going to be answering the question, how can I go after making sure that I'm a part of a community that's really loving others, authentically loving others. We're going to answer how to today, okay? So turn with me, if you will, to First John chapter 2, verses 7 to 14. We've got the ushers coming forward. They've got Bibles in their hands. So if you need a Bible, just raise your hand. They'll get one to you, all right? We're going to walk verse by verse and phrase by phrase through this. So just raise your hand if you need one. First John 2, 7 to 14. How do I authentically love others first step well grasp god's command it never changed grasp god's command it has never changed this is a big deal john starts out in verse 7 beloved i am writing you no new commandment but an old commandment that you had from the beginning the old commandment is the word that you have heard John is writing to his listeners, to his readers. He says, Beloved, I am writing you no new commandment. Beloved, it's this statement of endearment. It's this statement of passion and compassion. As he says, you who are close to my heart. These are some things I want you to know. I'm I'm writing these things to you. I am actively penning these right now that you might grasp this. I'm writing these to you. But it's no new commandment. It's an old commandment that you've heard from the beginning. It's an old commandment, meaning, well, it came up in the Old Testament. It came up in the covenant, the law. You've heard it before. It's not rocket science, guys. Here's what I need you to know. Right? That's what he's saying. Leviticus 19, verse 18. It says, love your neighbor as yourself. We've heard it before. Right? Love your neighbor as yourself. Leviticus 19.18. When John's writing him, he's saying, I'm writing to you an old commandment. I want you to begin to grasp 
Well, what you've already heard, but I want you to grasp it in a more fresh and a deep way. I want you to get this thing, this old commandment that you've heard from the beginning. From the beginning of what? Well, definitely from the beginning of the time of communication where God was making clear to man what he had them to do. From the beginning of the law. From the beginning of the writings that we have of God and the clarity that we have from him about what he wants from us. You've been hearing that we need to love God and love others, right? When Jesus was pressed on this, he said the top two commandments are as follows. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Grab two different pieces in the Old Testament law, pulled them out and said, if you grasp those two, man, you get how the rest of it's structured. Like that's what we're talking about. Let's go after it. And John's saying here, I need you to reflect upon that second commandment. Dear ones, it's really important. He says, the old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, in other words, I'm about to contradict myself, right? At the same time, it's a new commandment that I'm writing to you, which is true in him and in you. It's a new commandment as well. And you're like, what? How do you make loving others new? Well, this is the best I could explain it. John's really saying this. Before, you were given a command that told you how to make sure your external behavior seemed to look loving. Right? Here's some actions that would appear to be very loving on the outside. And, And go about these actions, okay? That was the law. And then Jesus comes along and he says, newsflash, it's more than just your actions. It's about your heart as well. It's about the whole inside of you being all into this position. It's saying, I don't just do loving acts towards them, which appear to say that I love them, but on the inside, I maybe not. It's saying, I'm actually all there. Everything in me is so wanting to love you. In fact, here's another fresher way to say it. It's not just a call for your heart to be there. Jesus said, now watch me. And then we see God Almighty do the unthinkable, the unimaginable, the amazingly sacrificial, loving thing as he reaches out and it costs him all. What a pain and a penalty to go through. Pure love from the inside out. The command has become new. Because we see Jesus Christ executing it in a way where you go, Oh, like that kind of love. You know what I'm saying? That's what's going on here. He's saying it's an old commandment. But quite frankly, it's a new commandment. Because we're seeing it in a whole fresh way. He says, which is true in him and in you. It's true in Jesus Christ, God is love, right? And so God is love means this is second nature to him. It's what he's all about. And as he turns and just pours it out on us, well, that's his very character. God is love. But guess what? When God takes that and pours it out on you and on me, well, then we end up being transformed. And now it's more than just in him, it's in us. And then we're told that the Holy Spirit takes up residence within us. And we have God who is love within each of you. If you trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior. The truth that's in him and and in you. 
this new commandment, a commandment and a call to just let God blow you away. Meet him, be blown away by him. Oh yeah, and then just follow his model and example. That's the call, to love others in a fresh way. He says, it's true in him and in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. The darkness is passing away. Notice the ING on that. It's going on now. It's passing. It's reducing. It's getting less dark and more light. Darkness is going away. It's in the process of, right? Well, why is it in the process of? Because Jesus is in the process of taking this place over. Right? That's what he's saying. Because he, the light, is shining. The light is shining. That means it's Jesus. You're like, that's the Sunday school answer, isn't it? Right? Who's the light? And like, no matter what the question is, you have to say it's Jesus. Right? And so who's the light? It's Jesus. Right? Go ahead and turn to each other. You say, it's Jesus. It is. It's Jesus. It's him. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the light shining in this dark world. And as he affects your life and you start to become a light shining for him, it's a little less dark. And then the next life and then the next life and then the next life. And as he's bringing us along, looking more and more like him, and as we all together are grabbing his hands and beaming forth the love of our almighty Savior, the darkness is passing away. Because our true light, the king of the universe, is shining. Amen? That's our hope and our passion. Can you see how quickly you can stand up and go, Hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make this body more loving. That's what we're going to do. This body's going to become more loving. And so we come up with like nine steps where you're actively doing events or tasks to be more loving. And yet what we didn't do is go vertical. We didn't go to the one who is love, the one who is the light. We're not actually getting lit up inside and having the darkness pass away. We're just standing in the middle of the dark and we're trying to love each other. Do you know what happens when you try to shake a hand in the dark? You poke each other in the eye. It doesn't go well. I'm telling you, the darkness needs to pass away if this place is going to really be loving. Amen? Yeah, that was a good place for an amen, right? Like, we better have him before we go after the horizontal. Or all we're doing is putting up a facade. We're making it look like love, but true, authentic love comes from the source of the one who is love. That's what we're going after. You know, I have to say, we've had a number of people um, announce that they're pregnant. A number of couples have announced that this fall, this summer. We've had some babies. Well, we've had a lot of babies. Here's one thing I've never had to do. Walk up to a mom and go, it's time for you to start loving that child. Right? I want you to care for this kid. I want you to nurture them. I want you to rock them. I want you to feed them. I want you... I don't have to say that, right? If I were to say that, they would probably look at me like I'm nuts. Like, what are you doing? Why would you say that? Why? Because they, they don't just love their child. They love their child. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like everything inside of you is so wrapped up in this. It is absolutely positively going to happen. Love. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about a natural inclination that comes 
as you get lit up inside. That's what we're talking about. Have you ever noticed that that natural inclination, that fire can actually wane at three in the morning? Have you ever noticed that? So just a little news flash for you on that one. Halt. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Have you ever heard that? That's when we sin. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. One of those is coming up. You're going down. Okay. So just watch yourself. You know, it's three in the morning. You're hungry and you're exhausted. I seem to not love my child. It's that's not the problem. You know what I mean? Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. That's where we need to begin to help decipher amongst each other and with ourselves. Lord, why am I actually having this? What would be natural basking in your glory and learning of your love and caring for those around me. And and something seems to be taking it away. Watch out. You've got something going on at a source and then we let sin take over. And once sin takes over, then it all starts to drop. And then, and then we end up with the lack of love. That's what's stealing it away. God is love. And the more we hang with him, the more we are going to want to lavish on those around us. The more we go and hang in the darkness, the more it begins to go distant. Okay? So the first and highest call is to grasp that command. The old one and the new one. Question. How are you doing with love? You know, not love. Not that thing that has little actions associated. But like, it's so built into me. How are you doing with that natural inclination? The loving others. Is it just outside? Or is it inside too? Let's grasp his command and go after it with all we've got. Second. Here's where we don't just grasp the command, but we start to act. Love your brothers and sisters. It's a result of really abiding in him. Love your brothers and sisters. It's a result of really abiding in him. All too often we begin to call for these events, these things to take place that look loving, and we forgot to ask about the abiding. So check what he says here. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother, nah, still in darkness. Whoever says... He's in the light and hates his brother. He's still in darkness. Does it sound familiar? It's a lot like in 1 John chapter 1, right? If you say that you have fellowship with God, but you walk in darkness, well, you lie and do not the truth, right? It's the same statement. He's saying, come on. How can you possibly say that I know the one who is love and I'm hanging with him? I'm abiding with him. I'm drawing life from him. And I hate the one next to me. How can you possibly think those two go together? That's what John's saying. They don't go together. Be careful. You're kidding yourself. Well, what is hate? I just wrote a couple things down. This isn't the end all be all in definition, but hate. You might think of it as a strong aversion. Maybe something where you wish ill upon. You know how you're hating somebody? You know it when you wish they'd hurt. Wishing ill upon them. You're not willing to forgive them. Oh, no. I'm going to try to bring some hurt on them, even if it's my relationship that's the hurt. That's beginning to hate. There's absolutely no compassion. I don't want to help. I don't want to care. That's the beginnings of hate. We have to watch out. All too often we couch our wonderful phrases of busyness, and I wonder how often it's actually got deep down inside of it. The desire 
to hate. We have to be really careful with that word. You know, it says that if you hate your brother, that's like those who believe in Jesus Christ and trust in him. They're running with him. If you have someone running with the one who is light and love, and you're running with the one who is light and love, how come we're bringing the junk that comes from the one who's running in the darkness? That's all he's saying. Let's keep this thing clean. Let's make it reflect who God is. Notice he says, whoever loves his brother abides in the light. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light. This love here is the word agape. It's, it's a Greek word that's, you know, there's two different words for love, and you probably have heard the whole variety of talk about it. The, the bottom line is this word is often used to describe God's love for us. This agape love, this I'm all in kind of care. I want all of, all of me inside and out is going after the best for them. This is that love with like seven O's in it. You know what I mean? The love. You know what I'm talking about? That's, that's what we're talking about. We're called to have that for one another. It's kind of fun to say. You say it with me. Ready? Love. Okay. So when you go out today, you can say that to your significant other, whoever that might be. And you can just say, I just want you to know, I don't just love you. I love you, right? They're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know either. That's okay. right? The bottom line is we're trying to get deep into caring for each other, and we want to be all in from the inside out. We don't want to be faking it. We want to be all, all in, naturally there, because I'm abiding with the one who is love. Yep, it's about being with Jesus. It just keeps coming back to him, doesn't it? That's what it's all about. Time with him is going to make us amazingly loving. Whoever loves his brother and abides in the light, in him there is no cause for stumbling. There is no cause for stumbling. Have you ever noticed that you seem to trip a lot more when the lights are out? Right? The more we're hanging in the darkness, the more we tend to trip and fall. That's all he's saying. The lights seem to be out. That's why you're tripping. Watch out, be careful. Turn the light on. That's all he's saying. Think it through. Notice he says, But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Hate is a blinder. And it starts with the smallest little thing. It's a little tiny seed that infects. And it hurts us, or it stings us, or it causes us fear. And all of a sudden we begin to say, I'm distancing myself from that person. And in that distance, we're now saying, I'm not going to care for them as well or as much. And then we might even go quickly to a judgment statement because they're whatever. And then we start stepping away. It's a process of falling away from even caring What's going on in their life? And it usually starts with a small seed. Let's kill it while it's small. Let's not wait till anybody in the room could go, they clearly hate that person. Let's not wait for that level to address it at. Let's address it at the smallest of levels. Restoring relationships. Talking through hurts. Forgiving and apologizing. Getting things right. That's how it goes. That's how we love one another actively. You know, I got to tell you, when you see the word love, it's, it's easy to talk about it. It's easy to even joke about it. It's easy to talk about what it might mean. 
um, we can often get wrapped up in our own little definitions. So here's a couple definitions I threw in. What love is not. Three quickies. What love is not. This is a little verbose, so I don't know if you want to write them down, but check this out. Love is not. Number one. I will fill your need, but I'm mad if you do not say thank you in a very appropriate manner. Let that settle. What I did not say is you don't have to say thank you. It's appropriate to say thank you and appreciate what somebody's doing for you. Please hear that, okay? But if we're giving to get, we're not really loving. Do you hear that? That's a big one. If we're giving to get the thank you, in the end, we're looking to earn something there. It's not really about them. Number two, judging quietly that they even have this need. Some of you know what I'm talking about. It's like you're going out there and you're starting to work with somebody and you're helping them out and you're like, sure, I'll help you do whatever the example is. And then you get in there and while you're helping them, you're like, I can't even believe this person has this problem with your lips closed. Do you know what I'm talking about? The complaining inside as you're helping them do whatever, move something, change something, shift something, whatever it is you're doing and you can't believe they have. Why in the world would we think that's love? Be careful of the judgment that might be taking over your heart. The next thought is, I'm better than them, and wow, are we in a big, deep hole then. So first is demanding something in return. Second is the judging quietly. And third is wanting to be known for the fact that you're a really caring person. See, this goes beyond the person you're helping. The third one is, I need everybody else to know I'm helping. This is like... Maybe I should Facebook that I was over at so-and-so's house helping them do such and such because then 7 billion people will know and it'll go viral. You know what I mean? It's the, I don't want just that person saying thank you. I want everybody else around to be patting me on the back and saying you're an amazingly giving and loving person. We're still giving to get. But this time it's gone corporate. Like be careful. That's not what love is. Gut check yourself. I'm telling you, this one I'm going to go out on a limb on. Every one of us has at least one of these three problems all the time. We're always battling a little bit of me in there and being known and being heard and being seen. And every one of us needs to walk out today saying, what part of the not do I need to work on a little? Okay, that's very real. Lord, help me love in a pure sense, not in a self-absorbed sense. So that's what love is not. Well, what is love? Well, maybe it's best if I just ask God what love is. 1 Corinthians 13. So I'm going to read from verses 4 to 8. And as I read this, I'm just going to ask you to put your name in there instead of the word love. Ready? Like, love is patient and kind. So Tim is patient and kind. Or I. Ready? Here we go. I am patient Are you upset that I'm not moving on? (laughs) Be patient. Okay. I am patient. I am kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant. Man, do I have my stuff together? Why don't they? It is not rude. 
does not insist on its own way, is not irritable or resentful, does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, and love never ends. Wow. That's an awesome list, isn't it? Wouldn't it be great if somebody was like that with me? That's the first thing we think, isn't it? Man, if somebody could start doing that to me, but it's our job to actually reach out with that. It's about us reaching out to someone else, saying, Lord, may my heart be this, and may it be reflected in my actions. Patient and kind and not envying or boasting, not arrogant, not rude, not insisting on its own way, not irritable, not resentful, not rejoicing in wrongdoing, rejoicing with the truth, bearing all things, believing all things, hoping all things, enduring all things, and never, ever ending. That's our job as we seek to reach out and love others. Can you see why it takes God? See, once you read that definition, you're like, oh, that kind of love. Right? That does take some divine effort. Let's get God involved now then, right? That's what we're talking about. It often involves us needing to look at people and not judge them and think of them less just because of who they are. Here's a story that I read this past week based on a true story here. A student was a sloppy, lazy, very disengaged little fifth grader. The teacher was extremely frustrated and, quite frankly, really turned off with the kid. Kind of dirty, not giving their effort, had enough with them. It's already after Thanksgiving. The fall had not gone real well, and she decided maybe she should look into something a little more. And she started looking into the past year's reports to see what was going on. And this is what was written in there in summaries. Uh, First grade, works hard, great promise. Second grade, could do better, mother is seriously ill. Third grade, slow learner, mother died this year. Fourth grade, very slow, somewhat disruptive, dad is not even interested in helping out. Fifth grade is where she's at. The teacher all of a sudden realized that she was looking at a little hurting child instead of Somebody disrupting her classroom. It became about the child and not about her. You know, it was Christmas time. The kids brought in gifts and everybody brought them in wrapped up and mom and dad had made them all pretty and, and he brought in a little gift and he brought it in wrapped in, you know, like a paper bag and with the tape all over it. It was a total mess as he put it down. Kids mocked it. She kept it till the end and she opened all the gifts there in front of everybody. She opened his last. And when she opened his, A bracelet fell out that was uh, missing some stones, some perfume that was half bottle empty. That's what he gave her. Kids started laughing, making fun of it. She made a big deal, put the bracelet on, sprayed the perfume, let everybody smell. And uh, after everybody left that day, this little child, Ted, came up and said, thanks, for letting me give you a gift. You smell just like mom. Ouch. 
You know, the story goes on. Ted graduated from grammar school, he graduated from high school, he graduated from college even, and he was continuing to send notes to her along the way about life and what was going on. In fact, he even graduated, got his MD, first in his class, thanking her, sending notes to her, sent her a final note that it was an invitation to his wedding. And the invitation simply said this, my dad passed away last year. You're the last family that I have. Would you please come and sit where my mom would have sat for the wedding? I'm telling you what, the littlest things, not judging somebody, but grasping where their hurts are and reaching in with all you've got can change a life. You can bring someone to a loving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You can bring them to an, a, a, a grasping of what's going on. When I read this story, I was, I mean, is there a better example of love? Do you know what I'm saying? Just an all out, set your own judgments aside. Start looking for who's hurting around you. God, may I just be you to them. I don't care what it takes. Let's impact. That's our call. May we love, I mean, not just external actions, but may we inside out want the best for, I'm all in love, our neighbor is ourself. Amen? Imagine a body on fire with that. That's where we're going. My request to you is simply this. How are you doing with letting God lead you? And show you whom you might love with all you've got. Who can you reach out to? Who can you care for? It might start with a simple handshake and a greeting and asking their name. It might start with saying, I know you shared your name with me before and I can't remember. What is your name? Can you remind me? And my name is. And they probably don't remember yours either. And that's okay. We're trying to build relationships. Let's grow. It could start with the smallest of things. It could start with seeing a deep need and getting to it. God, what do you have me to do? May I be here to make an impact in this world that the darkness will be passing away and the light of you will truly shine. Amen? That's what we're going after. Who is God calling you to be all in for? Get close to God. Let him warm you up and then run with all you've got and care with all you've got. You will be amazed at what happens in your own life and right around you as God moves in this body. Okay? As we go to love each other, let's make it real. Let's make it practical from the inside out. So first is grasp the command. Second, love your brothers and sisters. Third, be thankful for all God is doing in you. It will fire you up. Be thankful for all God is doing in you. It will fire you up. Notice here, he starts out in verse 12. I am writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his namesake. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, children, because you know the father. I write to you, fathers, 
because you know him who is from the beginning. And I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. I wanted to make sure I read it all together because we need to talk real carefully about this. All right. Notice it says, I'm writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you. We know for sure that he's not writing to little children, right? His statement is not because you are a child and because you are small, you are saved. That's not what he's trying to say. He's saying you are spiritually young in the faith. Well, let's celebrate what you have. He's talking about the spiritual elements of these people and he's going back to some thankfulness statements. Why? Well, basically because he just hit them upside the head for the last 10 or 15 verses. That's why. Because he just got done saying, here's what sin is and here's how you need to handle it. And if you're saying this, you don't get it. And if you get this, then great. If you don't, then you're in darkness and watch out because, and can you hear it? And it's bang, 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 bang. Okay. I'm thankful for you. I'm glad for what's going on and God's moving in you. So let's review a little bit of what God's doing in you. That's what's going on. Okay. Little children. I mean, my dear ones, you've grasped salvation at its core and you know what it means to know him. It says your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. God's being glorified through you. Praise his name. Be thankful. For what he's doing. And and maybe you're even maturing some. You're not just a little child, right? Everybody can be called that. We see that in 1 John 2, 1. He's calling all of them dear children, little children. But here he's also then saying young men. We'll jump to that one. That's You're growing in the faith. You're seeing some victories. He says, I am warning or I'm writing to you young men because you have overcome the evil one. You have somebody who's trying to thwart you and you're seeing victory. Praise God. Like, I'm thankful for what God's doing in your life. And as you're going after sin in you, and as you're going after the stuff that, quite frankly, last year you were, I want this changed. And God, please take this out of my life. And I'm going to just sit in your presence. And I'm going to learn from you and bask in you and get excited about you. And a year later, that stuff's released. Now I've got some new stuff I'm going after here, a little bit bigger and a little different. But I'm making progress in releasing to you all that's going on in my life. And young men... This doesn't mean it's gender specific of only men. It means you're maturing in your faith. And those who are maturing, you've got victory. And I'm so thankful for what God's doing in your life because of that. Keep on keeping on. In fact, the young men are even defined below in the same type of victory. It says, I write to you because you are strong and because the word of God abides in you. And you have not overcome the evil one. Why haven't you overcome? been overcome by? You haven't been overcome by because you are strong and the word of God abides in you. If you want a little recipe for how to overcome, it's time to get strong, which means you're hanging next to the one who is strength and you're letting his word abide in you. Lord, take me and change me. I'm hanging out with you. I'm basking in your glory. I'm with you, God. Show me what you want different. And fathers... I am absolutely astounded and and amazed that you know the one who is from the beginning. You're beginning to grasp his eternity and, and his power. You've got a depth and a maturity, and he represents basically the patriarch of patriarchs, and you know him. And fathers, thanks for your relationship as you grow deep in knowing him, and as you as a patriarch representing he who is a patriarch. Wow, we've got some good stuff going in this church. 
That's what John's saying. He's saying, be thankful. I'm telling you, if you want to go after loving God and loving others, fuel the fire with thankfulness. Isn't it easy? Have you ever noticed every time you're a little down and your love is waning and you're kind of sick of like six people and you've got the short list and you could rip it off anytime like these people are ticking me off at that moment. You're probably not also saying thank you, Jesus, for have you noticed that? Have you noticed that? It's just me. Have you noticed that? Okay, there we go. Little response. It's good. I'm not hanging up here by myself. We absolutely can derail ourselves. As soon as we drop the thankfulness, it's your first step away from God. I don't need you. Did you know that? Thankfulness is, I need you. And the first step away is, I'm good. And all of a sudden, our thankfulness drops and look out for the next steps. May we be thankful with all we have. It fuels the fire for loving God and loving others. That's what it's all about. My prayer for you. My prayer for us as a body is that we could truly grasp the awesomeness of knowing our God. I just wrote a few words down here. To be able to have growth and joy, knowledge and fire. To be able to have passion and thankfulness, transformation. Those are the recipes for being able to love. Biblically love. Don't hear me wrong. A lot of people can go running out tomorrow and do something very special, you know, bring some food over to someone's house or help someone move or whatever. And those are great things. And I'm not saying just stop until you're perfect, but know this. We're not just looking for that external action. It's yes, that because inside you just so want the best for them. And why do you want it? Because you're so close to God Almighty and He's rocking your world. That's why. Because I'm amazed with how great God is and I just want you to know Him too. And I'm just going to be a little bit of Him right here. May the true light of this world, it's Jesus, shine in this world that the darkness might be passing away. You and I can bring a little bit of the passion of Jesus Christ and the truth of his love to this world and absolutely rock this place for Jesus Christ and his kingdom. Amen? That's loving others. May we go out saying, who am I loving today? Like, who am I loving? Where am I going with this thing? What am I going to do with it? Do you know what I'm saying? We're not going out going, well, that was a very nice message. Where are we going to lunch? And then we go out and we just sit down and we forget all about. Instead, we're going out saying, Lord, if I don't have the fire, then I want to abide with you. Help me be there. And Lord, if I'm there and I'm abiding and I've got the fire, then help me know where to dump it. God, help me know how to love others as I love you. Lord, I want to be all about what you want to be all about. I want people's lives changed because of you. And hear me on this. If in the end you're upset... Because you were there. And they're saying, God changed me, and you're like, oh. but I was the one who. No, it's God doing the transforming. We're nothing but an agent. We're nothing but an agent or a messenger with a message. And we're simply saying this God loves you. And man, if He loves you, I got no business not loving you. I'm right here with Him. I love you too. What needs to be done that you might be cared for? Let's take care of this body. 
And let's take care of anyone we're running across that they might be able to see the love of God Almighty alive in you. And let's rock this world, bringing less darkness and more light. Let's pray.